What's up, everybody? This is Kenzie from A Voice of Equus on Instagram. And this is Abby from Truly OTTB, and you're listening to the Cowgirl Conversations podcast. As the equestrian industry continues to evolve, more questions are being asked and more focus is being placed on the welfare of our equine athletes. We're sitting down to talk about this progression, hear from fellow equestrians, and discuss how to continue to better ourselves and our horses. Hey guys, welcome back to Cowgirl Conversations. I get excited every time I say that because I love the vibe. Um, Me too. No. I just, um, so today we decided to talk about off the track thoroughbreds um, because we're both extremely biased on the breed, but also just an excuse to talk about thoroughbreds. As if we need one at all (laughs) um yeah i think it was it was good i it's definitely just a lot of our opinions on different um i guess you cross stereotypes as well as like pros to the breed but um just honestly like what i think the strengths and weaknesses are of are of the breed i don't know i feel like it was a pretty honest conversation yeah definitely definitely very anecdotal um but i think opinions uh hold weight and merit as well um and there's definitely a place for them and we both have thoroughbreds so i think you know we got we got a leg to stand on yeah and even if our experience isn't your own like just to be i guess open-minded about the fact that yeah there are crazy horses in every breed and I'm so sorry if you met one of the crazies but I swear they're most of them are just absolutely amazing yeah I can attest to that 100% so I not subscribe to the podcast make sure you hit that subscribe button as well as smash the notification bell so you never miss an episode we have a lot of really cool things in the works. Super exciting. And as always, if all of you would like to stay connected with us, um, you can find Kenzie at a voice of Equus on Instagram. And I am truly OTTB on Instagram. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. See you next time. Hey guys, um, so it's just me and Abby today. That's the two of us. (laughs) Um, But we decided to talk about thoroughbreds. Because what else else would we talk about? Um, Yeah, so I guess per the title, you probably already know we're going to talk about the typical stereotypes of the off the track thoroughbreds and kind of give you our takes and if we agree disagree debunk stuff um and then for good measure we're gonna throw in all the stuff that we love about them because there's a lot to love (laughs) 
there's so much to love. There's a lot to okay. love. Okay. <laughs> I'm literally, I don't think I'll ever like not have thoroughbred. Let me just put Agreed. A hundred percent. I'm always thinking about like when I'm going to get my next one. <laughs> yeah. I, right now two is all, <laughs> all I can do. Um, uh, me too. <laughs> I love, I love my poor horse. Jess is like amazing, but, um, there's just something about like, Jess is amazing. Cause she's Jess. But I got her because she was just not because of her breed. Like, if I'm going to go for breed, I'm going to go for a thoroughbred. Yeah, I get that 100%. Because that's how I am with Remy, too. Like, took Remy on because he's Remy and I love him. But there's something so different about a thoroughbred. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Do you want to kick off? Let's start with stereotypes. Let's start with that. Um, we asked you guys two, some ones that you know of. Um, and one of them that we heard a lot was that they have bad feet, um, which I mean, I've heard forever about thoroughbreds since I can remember. That's the one thing that sticks out to me too, is the feet. Yeah, I feel like that's, like, one of the first things that anyone, like, if you tell them, oh, I'm getting a thoroughbred, they're like, oh, watch out for the feet, like, you're gonna be spending a bunch in shoes. Right. Not true. Not true. I don't spend any money on shoes. Same. (laughs) So there's that, and I'm uh, grateful for it. I did at one point in time, um, because Gizmo came to me with a full set um and at that time I didn't know any different and after like a year of that he would always throw his left front so my farrier was coming out like four times a month to put that shoe back on we did bell boots we did like everything and then one day while he was um he came out to do Gizmo's feet I was just like so let's try him without shoes and he was like yes he's like let's do that (laughs) so um we we pulled his shoes and I I don't know it's never been a problem like actually there was no like transitional period he was never um you know like thin sold he was never touchy never any lameness um I never had any issues transitioning from, I know some people use the boots, but at that time that wasn't a widely talked about thing. Um, but then again, there, there was no reason for me to even consider it because I just, there was no need. Yeah. So Rian was a little bit different. So obviously like everybody knows Rian came home, like really, really emaciated. Um, so when I had the farrier out, uh, I think I, he was able to come out like two weeks after Ree came home. Um, cause I could tell like the, whoever did his feet before, either they hadn't been done in forever or they did really, really bad work. Um, 
so Dustin came out to do his feet and uh, I don't even know, I'm going to be honest, I don't even know how it's possible, but Dustin was literally like, we need to get this fixed now because part of his, like his heel, like the, I guess his soul right by his heel was literally dying. Oh um, so that was kind of like, uh, okay. Um, so I decided to, obviously we started with the corrective trimming and I had his shoes pulled. Um, cause Dustin was like, at this point, the concussive force is just going to kind of make it worse. Um, so I, I did casting on his feet for a little while just to kind of give him, um, something cause his feet were so bad just from the no nutrition. Um, and then obviously like as he built back up and his nutrition got good, um, I think, I think two trims ago is when like all of the dead foot or bad foot, whatever, was completely gone. But he's been barefoot without the casts for, I think he only really had to have the cast for like a month or two. Um, and he's been fine, completely sound, like never an issue once we did that. Um, I don't know. He has great feet. I think that about Gizmo too. And I hear that a lot. My farrier says that a lot. Um, I've had so many people say, he has really great feet for a thoroughbred. They're so big. They're so healthy. No, that makes it so big. They're not like pancakes or anything. They're just good size. Um, but you mentioned um, once his nutrition got better, his feet got better. And we know those two things correlate. So yes. to me, I think part of the stereotype with them with thoroughbreds having bad feet would be they're on the track they're put in shoes so early on in their lives and have terrible nutrition I would imagine um from a lot of places obviously not not all but um heavy grain diets um always in a stall so they don't get you know um don't get turnout and that's good for the feet as we know um even Remy not a thoroughbred but sort of related had some kind of mystery I would I don't want to really say lameness so you're just kind of tender-footed for mm. the first month that I had him back um and he I, we just decided let's do pretty much 24-hour turnout like he comes in to eat let's just do that and so um, we, we did that with him and just let him be a horse and have his turnout and everything. And now I haven't had any issues from him. So I think management practices have a lot to do with feet. And as we know, the racing industry, um, does not have the best management tr truly. And I can understand why, because of yeah. the way the industry is, that doesn't mean it doesn't, it can't or shouldn't change, but I understand why it it has evolved that way, but I think that has a lot to do with the stereotype of why they have bad feet. You know. Yeah, and I think too, like as a lot of people, because not a lot of people, I'm not going to make that a statement, but I have been told by quite a few 
just like it's genetic it's not something that food can fix anything like that and I don't know I just I wholeheartedly disagree because like I said I have done the thoroughbred thing for quite a few years um, and I've helped friends rehab their thoroughbreds and every time we get the nutrition right all of a sudden everything else starts to go away like it's amazing what their bodies can do as far as healing themselves and fixing things that nothing else is working if they just actually have the proper nutrition even rain rot like when re came yeah. back home I'm telling you like I I'm so passionate about this because when re came home he was covered like head to toe I kid you not he had rain rot down his cannon bones like the worst case of rain rot I have ever seen um and they said that he got rain rot from dew like if he was outside at night and he got wet, he would get rain rot, um, which I don't really believe because of the condition he was in and there was just no management there whatsoever. But I do know that since I have gotten him healthy again and his nutrition is good, never has a case of rain rot ever. You know what? I actually can second that. Um, I know... I've spoken about this experience to you and um, a little bit on Instagram, but I don't like to put anybody on blast on social media, but um, the facility we were at where um, they were underfeeding or not at all. um, While we were there, Gizmo also broke out in a really bad case of rain rot. Like, I'll have to um, maybe show you pictures or something, but he was missing, I mean, huge, huge patches of like hair. And I don't mean like, I mean, even like quarter, I mean, like they're huge, bigger than my phone, like three iPhones worth (laughs) of of hair missing. Um, And it was really hard to get him back to a good place. And I just thought maybe it was the environment or something. You know, we live in Florida. It's like mucky. It's like swampy, humid. Um, But we haven't had an issue with that since. Um, And especially since I've been in the last couple of years managing his diet more closely I would say we haven't had an issue with that so yeah but it's the same as us if we um you know don't feed ourselves properly things start to go wrong but it's amazing what can happen when you prioritize good nutrition I'm the last person to be talking about this anybody who knows me knows I live on Chick-fil-a and Starbucks (laughs) but this isn't about me. This is about horses. So (laughs) nutrition is important. Yeah. Yeah. I think not to like beat, beat the drum, but it's just crazy to me, like how much can be fixed. Cause it's not even like he's not out in the rain. Like I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, it's raining. They're not going out. Like, no, my horses are out every day. (laughs) Like they get their pasture time rain or not. Um, because they want to for that 
yeah exactly they're made to be outside like I think so much is his all the time less is more with horses and we I I know you said you wanted to put this in your barn somewhere horses like to be horses they just want to eat and be horses (laughs) um and you know it's so true and the less you micromanage them the more they thrive because they are perfect the way they are without human intervention they know what's best for them more than we do and will always it's built into them (laughs) to know okay so on that topic let's transition to hard keepers because I feel like we're kind of hitting on that as well Um, good segue love that (laughs) I think if you look at either one of our Instagrams um you can tell that our horses are not underweight they're not ribby nothing and I can't speak for Abby and Gizmo but Rian is the easiest horse to keep weight on like so incredibly easy do I spend a lot in food yes Absolutely, but it's only because I buy quality stuff because I am so big on the nutrition, but um, he's not hard to keep weight on. I don't struggle with his weight fluctuating. Like he's just easy. Like I found what works for him and that's it. No, I don't know. I don't have to like constantly keep adjusting him. Nothing, like he's fine. He looks great all the time I think when I first got gizmo they had him on a scoop and a half of grain twice a day Mm. um which is a lot of grain um to say the least we when I first moved to the barn that I'm at now we knocked him down to a scoop and a quarter and then after a while, this was after I started um, adding more forage to his diet with alfalfa pellets, more hay, whatever. Um, he's now down to like maybe half a scoop <laughs> twice a day. Um, and I, I will say I do give him lunches. So he's on like three meals, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily uh hard he gets fat in the summer especially um sometimes I have to cut him down even more then um but I think it's it all comes down to like you said the quality and what you're feeding because if you're feeding a horse primarily grain obviously you're going to need a lot of it to keep I I don't know or I don't even, I don't know any, really anything. I'm not qualified, but I would think if that's primarily what you're feeding them, you'll need a lot of it to get the job done. Um, And I just think, again, um, to go the more natural route in terms of like being more geared towards what the horse is made for. Forage Mm -hmm. is important. Grazing is important. Yep. Good quality hay is important. but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say Gizmo's hard. He doesn't eat a ton of grain. Um, but I can't, I can't say, I can't say enough for what just adding 
more alfalfa has done. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because I have some people who I've talked to, like my old trainer, she was like mortified that I was putting them on alfalfa and she's like, that's going to make them crazy. And I don't know, maybe for some people, their horses have gotten crazy, but that's not been the case. I'm like really big on, um, I do an alfalfa blend because alfalfa is a legume. So like the, the quality goes up and down with the season. So by adding like a stabilizer in there, then, you know, their systems aren't fluctuating, but, um, I haven't had a problem. Like my horses are on a mostly forage diet. They get a tiny bit of grain. Um, and honestly, I think by this summer, they'll be completely off of grain. Um, and just on a forage diet and I just, you know, have them on like their minerals. Like I just watch all of their, their numbers as far as that. And they're perfectly healthy. They have great feet. They have great skin. Like there's no pro like they don't have health issues. Like they're just happy and healthy. And um, I don't, I don't find Brian a hard keeper at all. I would really like to also get to the point where I am, or I, not me, I don't want to eat forage. Um, (laughs) but I would like to have that for gizmo as well and but the setup with boarding it's a lot a lot harder to do in a perfect world obviously yes um but the way that it's set up it's just not something that's feasible right now so I manage and uh supplement that as much as I can and I don't mean like supplements I mean with other things um but yeah and having a blend is good too I think ours is the hay that we get is like a blend usually um of something or other but on the topic of them being hot with alfalfa which I've heard that too by the way and it's just I mean not true for me um I've, I've never had that issue no but stereotype Number three is thoroughbreds being super, super notoriously hot-headed horses. What do you? I've definitely met. I've met a few who are, but I've also met a lot of other horses that aren't thoroughbreds that are too. So, yeah, that. I'll just I'll just say this: I was put in the hospital with a broken tailbone nerve damage and tissue damage in my hip and a broken skull by a quarter horse. Um, and the only reason I even want to ride again is because of Rian. So, um, there is not, and I love Jess so much, obviously, but I have more experience riding Rian. Um, and they're completely, they're completely different. Um, but Rian is, literally the the only reason I will get on any horse I needed to have Rian before I got Jess um yeah I don't think I'll trust a horse the same way that I trust him like there's no way I would literally shake getting on the horses because I was afraid of ending back up in the hospital but 
I don't, I don't it's know. It's a scary thing when you've had bad experiences. And I do think it's interesting that I can sit here and say that I don't think thoroughbreds are hot horses with my past with Gizmo, but none of that to me was um, hot headed. Him being hot headed, it was, was other other factors I think played into that. And um, but now sometimes I'm I feel like he doesn't have a motor like he just wants to putz around and just chill he is the chillest horse ever even tonight um we went out into the arena there was another lesson going on he stood there for 45 minutes stood there took a nap yep so I don't know if that's what people and he he has his moments but again it's not it's not hot-headed it's it's just gizmo you know and it's not even like naughty or bad thing it's just he likes to have fun (laughs) he's silly (laughs) so I don't think it's it's that at all no yeah Regan has I mean he's six so he's still like low-key a baby um yeah and like I feel like the past year he's kind of like almost regressed a little bit just because he really I mean, the racehorses, they don't really get to be babies. They're just working. So I feel like he's kind of like gone and like had his baby moments. And he definitely 100% doesn't think he's gelded. Um, But he's never. (laughs) He's no either. (laughs) It's like, but he's never rude or like aggressive with it. Like he just. He likes to have fun. He wants to play, but he also knows when to turn that off and to like get down to business. And he's really good about knowing the difference. Um, And he handles things really well. Like he's very, very much like not spooky at all. Um, I don't know. He's, he's just really level-headed and that's been my experience with like most of the thoroughbreds that I've been around is they're really not they're not psycho I I do I know a few but again I know a few from everywhere that yeah yeah um even I think the the last time we went out on a trail ride my friend who I go with there was like a fly or a bug or something on her horse and she wanted to get it off so she went like cantering off down the trail and we lost her a little bit out of sight and Gizmo kind of perked up and looked like oh maybe I should go but he took a second to check in with me and then he just stayed he stayed walking didn't it didn't ever go any further than that and you would think being a racehorse or any mm-hmm. horse because they're herd animals but being a racehorse especially he would want to go take off after him but he didn't even offer he looked like hey do you think maybe we should go because because they're going <laughs> but if you don't want to I guess I won't um so again with the level-headedness they have this ability to to me it seems like really process things and think about things um 
and I don't know if this can be said for all of them, but Gizmo is a really good decision maker. He's really mm. good at making choices. He doesn't need my guidance for everything. And I don't want him to need my guidance for everything. Um, I want him to be able to get us out of situations as well. I want him to be able to figure things out for himself. Um, again, with the trail rides, there was one day I got off to pick up something for my friend. And usually Gizmo's good about standing, but he decided he was gonna continue on the trail ride on his own and just was power walking down the trail. We could not catch up to him for the life of us. And I lost him for a little bit. And eventually I just walked out into this clearing and there he was, he was just walking still. Um, and then he stopped for a minute and he turned around and looked at me and kind of, I think had this moment where he went, oh, oh yeah, oops. Where and then, <laughs> right, he's like, well, how'd you get over there, you know? And then just, just walked back over to me, didn't run away, didn't nothing. He just walked right back over. Um, so I, I think they're really, really incredible horses and not, I don't think they're hot at all. And again, I think it goes back to management. I um, think a lot of these stereotypes are just related. They all kind of go back to that. Yeah, I think it's a lot of like dissociative behavior. Yeah. Based on management. Like I know everyone's going to roll their eyes because I'm going to mention Warwick Schiller again. Um, but <laughs> we need a Warwick was... Schiller counter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We need one. Yeah, on top of the Yeehaw Club, we need like Warwick Schiller groupie or something. Um, right. But he has this, um, he talks about it a lot, but he, um, he said it's really common in a lot of horses, especially young horses, especially the race horses where um, they literally like get addicted, addicted to um like being told what to do it's like they mm. they start to rely solely on the people to make decisions for them and then they can't handle like processing things on their own and it's another form of dissociative behavior um and looking back now it like kind of makes me sick because I realize how much behavior in other horses that I've worked with or that I've had was that yeah um but I'm really grateful because I was able to see it in Rian like he's very much like a people pleaser um and so you know we're working on him finding confidence in making his own decision he's really good about like looking to me for like okay, like, what are we going to do? And if I suggest something, he's always like, yes, let's do that. Um, but getting to see him kind of like work through it. And there's days where it's not as pretty as other days. There's days where he literally just yawns and chews and rolls his eyes. And like, he's just processing it the best way that he can. Um, but I think he's becoming 
better for it. And he is 100% game to try. Like he's always trying. He's like willing to work through it without freaking out. Um, so that's been kind of what we've been working on recently. And sometimes it's just as simple as like me standing out in the pasture with him, not asking for anything. Cause he's constantly like, okay, like, what are you asking for now? Um, but yeah, as far, like he just, he's not hot headed about it. Like some horses could get really hot about that and works had horses who have been really hot about that. Cause they just don't know what to do but he's still willing to like sit there and think about it. I don't know. I just really like mature in that way, I guess. I would, I would agree with that. I think it took Gizmo a while to find his maturity, (laughs) Um, but he's still, he's just silly and goofy and he's always going to kind of have that childlike air about him. I, I really, it's something I, adore about his personality it's so fun to be around and it's infectious and just like it's great like even today with our pictures he could not he can't take anything serious he can't um and he's he's always so much fun to to just do things with but again they are some of the best horses to to have to go into new things Mm-hmm. And they just, it rolls right off of their backs. They're so, um, they're so adaptable. They're so adaptable. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So the other thing that we got from you guys, which by the way, thank you for your submissions. Honestly, it made this way more fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we got a couple for like, they're only for like professionals. Um, not like super ami friendly and I think a lot of us hear that is like oh the adult ami went out and bought herself an off-the-track thoroughbred like people kind of roll their eyes at that um and I think people can get into trouble with that I will say I I yep, do I think agree. that you can get into trouble if you're I don't think they're for professionals only let me put it that way. I think that you do need to have a good foundation. I think there are yep. amazing horses to learn and grow with, but they're also like crazy intelligent. So you have to kind of have an idea. You have to have a at least like a foundation of horsemanship, I think, to really successfully, I don't know, have like a really good relationship with them. But I think uh, that's kind of where people are finding themselves saying they're not AMI friendly is that they're such smart horses. And it's really, is it's easy to teach them good things. It's just as easy to teach them the wrong things because they will pick up on it. They're so smart. They pick up on everything. Um, and that was a lot of what it was with Gizmo in the beginning too but once I realized I was finding myself in hot water with him and thinking oh gosh um because I have been on the side of this where I thought what did I get myself into I really can't handle this 
I was not experienced enough to do this. And it is true. It was not. Um, but as soon as I realized I couldn't do it on my own, found somebody to help me. And I went completely hands off for a while. And I was like, you know, you do what you need to do. And then I'll circle back around and you can help me put the pieces together. And I, and I just need something to get me off the ground because I'm missing something. Like uh -huh. there's something that I don't know. There's a piece of this puzzle that I just can't figure out. I need somebody to help. And that's one of the hardest things to do, yeah. I think, is, is ask for help. Because you don't want to, especially with horses, seem like you don't know what you're doing. That's like the, that's the worst thing. And people will like really come after you for that. Um, It'll tear you apart. But they will. And I thought, you know, that was going to, I spent so much time crying, thinking I was going to have to sell him if it didn't work. But I just thought, you know, I'd rather people think me a fool for getting help then then have to have to give up on this entirely so, so that's what I did and so I think that's why people probably think they're not really amateur friendly which in a lot in some cases they're probably not but I think if you have the right support and you have a really good team of people behind you and mm -hmm. you're patient and willing to learn and admit where you're wrong and see where you can change there's no reason why it shouldn't work the same as it would with any horse, but th these are all things you need to do with any horse. <laughs> it's not thoroughbred specific. Um, any horse needs those things. Patience, time, open-mindedness, awareness. They all need you to, to bring those things to the table. It's not just a thoroughbred thing, in my opinion. <laughs> no, no, I agree. And I think like too, to that point yeah like if any young horse that you're gonna get is going to test you as a person like there's first of all like we never know everything and every horse is an individual just like we're an individual and they really are like the great humbler as well as like the best teacher you could really ask for just because they are so intelligent they are so forgiving um but yeah if you're not open-minded and you're not willing to be like yeah I messed up there um then yeah I can see where you can definitely I mean I've gotten myself into a pickle before too like it's not I'm not excluded from that um there's been times where my ego's gotten in the way like you know it's just one of those things I think saying thoroughbreds specifically aren't for Amis is not really fair to the breed in general. I agree with that. Um, it's not fair to them and it's really underestimating people as well. I think as a community, we need to be more supportive and uplifting uh, of our fellow equestrians because you know it's it's hard enough to do already but even even harder when 
you got people kicking you while you're down, so to speak. Um, but it does do them a, a great disservice to say um, that they're not AMI, AMI friendly. Yeah. I wouldn't even categorize myself as an AMI. I'm just a person. <laughs> like I'm not really doing anything with it. I'm, I'm just a person. <laughs> so yeah, like we're just vibing and thriving. Um, that's, that's my goal. But like Angie said, uh, a couple weeks ago, it's just like, there's going to be things that I'm doing in 2023 that in 2024, 2025, I'm going to look back and be like, what was I doing? But I'm just doing the best that I can. And I'm laying everything before re and just being like, is this okay? And either he says yes, and we continue or he says no, and we figure something else out. Like, you just do what you can. You do. And it's, I say this all the time, but you, you don't know till you know. So you're doing the best you can with the information that you have at the time. And that's what our horses are doing as well. Um, so I, I it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're going to look back probably six months from now and be like, what? was I thinking you know what I mean it's just talking about <laughs> it's just one of those one of those things um I would I would say actually they're probably good horses for people to to have maybe I'm biased I don't know I'm probably biased but I think they're it. great I put my young brother and sister on gizmo before and he's just the best little babysitter ever um, yeah granted they're not do they're not training him or doing anything you know crazy but they're they're not as difficult as everybody thinks i think people go into it with that preconceived idea and that projects that onto the horse and that makes it the reality of the situation yeah I mean honestly Rian's such a good babysitter like I can throw my brother on him my sister on him people who don't know how to ride he doesn't like it <laughs> but he'll do it <laughs> and I know that at the end of the day he's going to keep them safe like he's just grumpy about it but yeah they will survive <laughs> They will, and it's not no harm done, you know what I mean? Yeah, no exactly. harm done. Exactly. I think so, more to that. Oh, no, that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it oh, like, broke up, so I didn't hear you. Um, but I think more to that point, they'll, it, it's thought that they're not good for amateurs or I, I don't want to say beginners. I don't know if any like young horses good for a beginner but anyways I digress um there we we heard a lot of um I know you got it and I got it too that they're traumatized and I think that might be another reason as to why people think they might not be able to take them on because they come with baggage mm. yeah so in my experience, um, 
I haven't really had any thoroughbreds that like really came off the track with baggage. Um, they just don't know, you know what I mean? Like that's life to them. And I, I know there are some, you know, I've worked with rescues long enough to know that there are some that are not treated the best, but at least in my experience, like we're going to actually have someone who took care of Rian on the podcast, which I'm super excited about. Um, excited about that too. <laughs> but he had like this team of people in his corner. You know what I mean? Like they genuinely wanted to see him succeed. Um, and when they found out about the condition that he was in, they were mortified. Um, I don't know. I, at least the people in his life did him right on the track. You know, they, they catered to who he is as an individual. He's not a fan of guys. Um, he really just prefers girls. And apparently he's been like that since he was a baby. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it doesn't help that a lot of times people will be like, oh, I got him from a rescue where it's really just like a rehoming situation. It's not really a rescue. You know what I mean? Like the, the title miss mistitling something kind of adds to that whole like rescue situation right? where a lot of those horses end up in those facilities because someone cared enough to make sure that they had a soft landing. Yeah, that's a really good point too. Um, people kind of have watered down the word rescue, I think. Um, yeah. For and now it means it means something that it's not sometimes. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it too. Gizmo, as far as him being traumatized, that definitely did not happen. I can just tell the way that he is with people. He's never been shy or afraid he's always friendly he doesn't care where you touch him you can stick your finger up his nose you can stick it in his ear you can you know you do you do anything to him and he doesn't like he doesn't care at all doesn't bat an eye he's not afraid um and some of that may be just his personality he's very brazen as it is but he's just so welcoming to people and always so friendly um, so obviously he was well looked after on the track wherever he came from, but he also did not have a lot of starts. He had six starts total. Um, so not a lot by any means. Um, that's to me, that's as good as none <laughs> at all, pretty much. Um, so he, okay, well, see, even better, I guess. Um, I think we probably got lucky in that that aspect because I think a lot of it, a lot of that just comes from um, from time. And yeah. if they're not in it long enough, you know, it's easier for them to kind of dial it back and live a more low-key kind of existence. Um, but I definitely do know thoroughbreds who have come off the track and just kind of aren't right and never really have been. I know a lot of them that are fine, um, but it it is one of those things that's unfortunately the nature 
of some pockets in the industry they just yeah you know I mean it's like us if we overwork ourselves cough cough me um we might (laughs) you know get get a little crazy I know when I'm not working I feel I feel insane and I can imagine that a lot of them feel similar when they have to slow down yeah it also just goes back to what you said earlier though earlier though as far as like management like a lot of the behaviors that they that you see coming off the track is just dissociative from being in that environment and obviously there's issues in every sect of the equestrian world um (laughs) it's true but you know I think it's something that a lot of people just don't give it the time and don't kind of let them come back down and let their nervous systems like regulate and there's things that you can do to help dissociative behaviors so I think it's just a lot of like understanding how their brains work and how they're perceiving things to the best that we can um but giving them outs and giving them ways to work off that nervous energy and kind of just literally like rewire their brain as far as like, this is, this is how to be a horse because a lot of times those behaviors disappear when they can actually just be a horse. Horses want to eat and be horses. Telling you it's going to be burned into my (laughs) bottom. It's so true though. Um, And I know that for the first like two or three years and even still now, I really only like putts around, walk, trot, whatever. I didn't do or ask for anything more, especially in the beginning. Now it depends on the day and how I'm feeling and how much effort I personally want to put forth. Um, But we took it really, really 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 slow and for a long time I felt really bad about that and I I wondered what people must think of me you know I'm still doing this after this amount of time I should I should be doing this but that was by everybody else's standards and not mine and I'm so glad I got out of that way of thinking and it just timelines don't exist to me anymore with horses um but we took it really, really slow. And I think um, that's why Gizmo's so easygoing and just, you know, unfazed by pretty much everything because I've never forced him into anything too quick. Some people might say I've done it too slow. I'm not trying to get anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm just enjoying the journey. You know, the destination is non-existent to me um we don't have one we're not going we're not going anywhere and that's not even in a negative like way to say that we won't be successful but there's no end game for me there's not something I'm trying to accomplish I'm just trying to be the best I can for him and give him the best I can give him yeah Yeah, I I still sometimes have to like remind myself about that because I don't know, I I know I've told you, I feel like sometimes I kind of confuse. Rian just feels like he's been around for forever and sometimes I have to remind myself like he's only been here for a year 
Um, so to have like these moments of like <laughs> insanity where I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. Like he's only known me for a year. And while it feels like I've literally known him my entire life, we only have a year. So like, it's only going to get better and it's amazing, but I definitely have to remind myself like the one I've let go of, like, I don't really care about competing anymore. I just really want to enjoy life with them and I want them to enjoy life. Um, and I've had Jess for seven months and I've had Rian for 14. So, you know, like, I should just be honestly really happy with where we are in such a short time. So for sure. I have to a lot, so yeah, absolutely. So the other thing that we got was um, people automatically associate them with English, which is something yeah. we kind of touched on in um, the English to Western podcast but I thought I'd let you hit that one first. Sure. Um, I had a lot of trouble with this too. And I initially decided to switch over to Western. I just thought I am going to look like a crazy person, you know, like, or, you know, it's not even that it's like English or if you're going to do Western barrel racing, like, that's you know what I mean and hey listen I don't have the guts for that so I I don't I don't want to go fast don't want to go fast I don't um so I and I had again trouble when I was switching over because I thought well well what are we going to do like what niche are we going to sit in with the western stuff and then as time's gone on it's occurred to me we don't need a niche we can just do we whatever who cares um and I think that's so totally wrong to assume that they'll just excel in English because Gizmo has done so well and even um he has impressed my trainer who's worked with him who's done a lot with pleasure horses and that sort of thing uh, she's always said he's really good especially for a thoroughbred you know what I mean like so there's there's that again um and you just don't see you don't see a lot of them in it and I get that there's a certain kind of outline and look that they go for with most things but that doesn't mean they can't they can't do it you know it just means that it's not the norm well I think too like it's really interesting because if you look back on like the history of the thoroughbred and stuff they were bred to be better war horses than the English war horses like they were the ones going into battle they were the ones that people were using for everything like that's how they were bred and yeah like obviously the breed has changed and a lot has been refined but at the core that they were meant to be the go-to horse for anything um so I think it's a shame that we have this idea to like limit them and I think 
um I don't know how many of you follow like the racehorse retired racehorse project but they specifically have like a bunch of western classes to show the versatility of the breed and honestly that like that's my favorite part to watch is to see the horses working the cows and doing the trail obstacles yeah. and all of that like they're so naturally good at it um I wish we saw them more in that side me too me too because when I first started looking into that I couldn't find anything and I just thought it would be really incredible to see a thoroughbred doing all of these things like I want to see that I want to um I guess when I first started it would have been nice to have something to aspire to or look at and go okay this is something I can do because somebody else is out there doing it it's so hard to find um Mm. but Gizmo has excelled in it not that he wouldn't have made a lovely hunter horse or a jumper or dressage horse or whatever he's got Um, legs he does legs for days he looks like he's like 16 something hands tall and he's not um he's 15 three barely I think Rian looks shorter than he is because he's so stocky. Yeah. Gizmo yeah. looks way taller than than he is. He's just got he's got this compact little body and neck. Like when he goes to graze, he has to go like a giraffe and like split. I call him a tripod. That's his tripod ah. move when he does it, but he's just got the longest legs. And this compact little body, he's so sporty, bless him. Um, <laughs> for the attitude that he has, you would never guess. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's what he looks like. Um, and that that also like ties into our next point of the versatility of the mm-hmm. breed. You were saying that's what they were bred for. Um, so it's it's kind of sad to see people pigeonhole them into this like English only, or you know they could do. I know I know people probably use them for endurance. They have to. I mean, have to. I've ridden Gizmo 20 miles before. Okay. I mean, I know endurance people go way, way farther than that, but 20 <laughs> miles is is still a trek by my standards. <laughs> I would don't want to walk 20 miles. <laughs> um, but they can just any direction you point them in, they can they can go and I've done it with Gizmo we've done everything we've tried everything and he's just taken taken on everything that I've thrown at him it's incredible to be a part of yeah and I'm sure you can say this for most breeds but um I've always been like big on confirmation and stuff um which is partially like why I love the thoroughbred so much because you can find really nice confirmation. You can find bad confirmation too. Um, find it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I feel like I have seen so many thoroughbreds who wouldn't have like, quote unquote, the ideal confirmation for something and they make up for it in heart and they go and they succeed in that thing. Yes. Um, which I just, I love to see it because it just proves like, 
core level, they are one of the most versatile breeds in my very humble and non-professional opinion. Um, I'm very grateful that I got a really nice one and he's got the confirmation to do anything, but he's also got the heart. And I think I would take the heart that he has over the confirmation like any day. Absolutely. I agree with that. They really have, they have a work ethic like no other horse I've ever met. Like Gizmo, you can put him to work and he will do it. He will try his heart out. He really, really tries hard. I've known some horses that, that you ride them and they just kind of half do it, you know, no matter, no matter what they'll just, I mean, there's people like that. Um, who will just kind of do just enough to get by or have to do something. And then you have the people who go like above and beyond who are super ambitious, who really want to like get in there and get the job done and then some. Um, and I think Gizmo's really, really like that. There's no, you don't have to fight him to do, to do anything. You say, hey, can we do this? Yeah. I'll do it and I'll do it and knock your socks off basically. Their work ethic is incredible. I think they care too. Like they care if they get it right. Like, yes. Yes. Like, Liam's always (laughs) kind of like, did I I do it right? You know what I mean? Like, they just, they care. Like, they don't want to get it wrong, Um, which is like the sweetest thing ever. Like, when you tell him like good boy you were so good like he gets so proud of himself I was just going to say the same exact thing my trainer when she was working with Gizmo we had a lesson this was a while ago we did a lesson and we did something and she was like make sure you tell him he's a good boy she's like he really likes when I tell him he's a good boy he gets really excited about that um so he he loves to be he loves to be told he's good and he um when we did our little uh thing with the animal communicator she told me that he had said he loves when you tell people how proud you are of him and he loves when he makes you happy and it was just so cute I was like oh gizmo that's sweet um so again with a grain of salt but it just it makes sense given given everything else but I get what you mean about the about the good boy they really love I know all horses love that positive feedback but I think it means so much to them because they're really going the extra mile for that yeah they just they care and they just it helps so that like oh I am good I'm such a good boy um literally all I have to do is be like where's the handsome boy and he immediately like pops his little head up and he's like that's me (laughs) right I know you're talking about me because nobody else it can't be anybody else yeah (laughs) um so I feel like that kind of leads into like the other thing that I think you and I both like wholeheartedly agree on as far as like the loyalty of the thoroughbreds yeah absolutely I agree with that. I've had um, a couple people lately, a a couple friends who have been around at the barn um, who just, they leave and they tell me, he really, 
loves you. He's bonded to you. I can, I, and I'm always like, really? You know, cause I don't really think about it like that so much, but to have so many people pointed out, especially in such a short amount of time, um, I think speaks volumes to that. I just, I feel like we've talked about this a lot recently. I feel really safe on Remy and I love him and would do anything on him because he's just such a solid citizen. Um, but if I ever want to go out on my 20 mile treks, Gizmo is the horse I want to take out because he'll, he'll do anything. He'll do anything for me. I think he knows I'd do anything for him, but, um, I'm I'm his person he'll he yells at me as soon as he hears my car door open in the parking lot <laughs> he'll yell at me sometimes um he's always talking to me mm-hmm. and everything um he's so yeah they are very loyal <laughs> yeah. yeah I I've I mean obviously like I'm such a nerd um but I love like her dynamics and like the fine-tuned points of that and recently I've just been spending a lot of time like sitting out watching them just because it's just so interesting to see the how it it it's been shifting with the three of them I feel like you know obviously like they say it takes like two years for them to really find like a solid herd dynamic um and with Rian and Jess being so young you know they're constantly like pushing the boundaries with Caspian to see like what can I get away with um but Rian definitely takes up like that sentinel role in the herd. Like he's the one who's going to go check something out while Cass and Jess kind of hang back. Um, and it's been really interesting to see how he like includes me in that. If there's something that he's like not sure of, he immediately will put himself between me and whatever it is that he's not 100% about. Um, which at first I was like, it's kind of weird. Um, but honestly, I kind of love it. Um, and it's something that, I don't know. It's just interesting to see like how they kind of take you on as their person. It, it is. I think that's um, a lot of what, or not, I don't even know what I'm saying. Um, a lot of people outside of horses don't realize that horses have have that like mental capacity to really connect with people and whenever I'll bring my horses up and this is not to speak ill of dog people or dogs because I love them myself um, but people always bring up their dogs and I always want to say no like you don't get it it's not the same thing it's come on a totally different level it is so different um there it's once you're connected to a horse and you have that partnership with them there's truly nothing else Hmm. like it in the world there's no other uh there's no other feeling like it I like to say all the time Gizmo's my best friend which it's true um but it's so much more than that it's something that I can't articulate and maybe I'm just you know 
not that smart, but <laughs> I can't put words to it <laughs> to really um, describe what it is. It's it's really unlike anything else. So it's interesting that it's interesting that horses can connect with people that way. Yeah, I've never had a dog. Like I have had amazing dogs. I love my dog, um, but Rian just feels like home. You know what I mean? Like it's just he's just safe. That's actually a perfect way to describe the feeling. Um, home. Yeah. That's the word I couldn't think of. Yeah, I don't know. Such a simple uh, one. Um, yeah, I don't, but I yeah. just, I've never had, I mean, I've had that with like my Arabian mare, but that was like a very pure, like childlike love, which is mm -hmm. different than obviously what I have now with Rian. Um, which I'm so grateful for because I never want to diminish what I have with either one of them. Um, but Joe was like my childhood and Rian's like home. So it's just different. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like that's a really good summary of thoroughbreds, specifically off the track. I don't know. I would recommend anyone spend some time with them. Me too. They're, yeah, absolutely. Go buy one. If you're listening and you don't have one, go buy, buy one. <laughs> There's a lot that actually really could use a soft landing. Um, yeah. You're on the West Coast. Um, we can shout out Cantor, California. Um, yes. I think they're actually getting in a new one. I think I saw that so, on their story. So I see. Yeah. Look super cute. I literally, I saw that and I was like, I can't sell a kidney today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then if you're on the East Coast, I would highly recommend checking out Second Stride in Kentucky. Um, they're who I got Rian through, and they're honestly like an amazing group of people who genuinely, genuinely care about these horses. So yeah, if you want a thoroughbred. Which you should. Good you one. should. Ugh, you should all want one. They're amazing. So yeah, I think let's wrap it up here. I am really, really excited for next week's podcast. Me too. I can't wait. I I feel like we say this every, every time, time about next week. <laughs> but like, but genuinely, it's true. we're true. having like the best people on. We are. I'm excited. We know how to pick um, them. Sure. Yeah, so we won't spoil it, but we are going to talk to a English writer. So we're going to switch it up on y'all. Um, but she's amazing. And I think she's one of those people that we were talking about who has found that like amazing balance. Um, so I'm really excited to get her thoughts. Super excited for that too. It'll be a good one. Yep. Okay, stay tuned, guys. Thank you so much for your submissions and we'll catch you next week.